Welcome to The Sale Ring, a podcast dedicated to real estate brokers, agents, and America's top auctioneers that keep the markets moving. Join your hosts, Sean and Trina, as they talk with most successful realtors, marketing and technology experts, investors, and influencers. This show is devoted to all industry professionals looking to up their game and stay up to date. Welcome to The Sale Ring. Thanks for joining us on this episode of The Sale Ring. Today's podcast show, we've got Will Metcher with Southwestern Consulting, and we're excited to have Will in the studio with Trina and I. Morning, Will. Good morning. Excited to be here. Yeah, morning, afternoon. It's kind of yeah, right whatever on Whatever time it might be right now. It's kind of right on the hinge right, right there. So Whenever you're picking up their phone to listen to the podcast, mm-hmm. morning, afternoon-ish. Will and I met a year ago with Southwestern Consulting, and we asked him to come in today to talk a little bit about consulting. But before we kick that off, let's hear a little bit about Will Metcher. Let me let me set this up for you. I, I looked up your bio. Hope you don't mind. <laughs> Got online. I found out that Will Metcher is a graduate from the University of Missouri, where he double majored in management and nutrition. He is a professional sales coach, does coaching and consulting with Southwestern Consulting in over 30 industries. Will cut his teeth on Southwestern's Advantage Summer Sales and Leadership Program, which started in 2008. Over his lengthy tenure, Will had the opportunity to cold call, get this, 45,000 prospects, achieving the number three salesperson in the U.S. that year. So, uh, He's had a tremendous run out there as a sales coach and a consultant, and we do welcome you into the studio. We think this is going to be an exciting show. Thank you. Thank you. Excited. Excited to be here. Trina, how are things with you? Well, they're good. They're good. Will is currently from Portland, so we're talking about all the wonderful attributes of the Northwest. I love Portland. I've never been. I want to be there. I think you should uh, make an adventure out there. I might have to. Yeah. The, Give us a fun fact about Portland, Will. <laughs> We're relying okay. on guests now for the fun facts. <laughs> I'm going to start zinging things at you. Uh, so. A couple of fun facts about Portland. Yeah. Uh, no pressure. More breweries per capita than anywhere nice. else in the country. Love that. That's one of them. One that most people wouldn't know about Portland is there's also more strip clubs per capita than anywhere else in the country. Okay. So that is something that Portland is I mean, it kind of goes hand in hand, I guess. Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. That's a fun fact. You asked for fun facts. Yeah. It's Those are really fun. the two that I it's know. It's in the Northwest. Yes. Fishing. I love to fish. I have been an avid fisherman fly fishing on the Salmon River in Idaho, one of the best trips that I've ever taken. And I'll never forget the guide while we were out there fishing kept saying, oh, if you think this is great, you ought to go to Oregon. <laughs> you know, it's it's got just world-class fishing in Oregon. I know a lot of people rave about that. Yep. Fishing, hiking, you got the ocean that's not mm-hmm. far off. I mean, again, it's it's just, if you love the outdoors, it's a great place to live. You a fisherman? I dabble. I try. Right. I get out dabble. there every once in a while. Man yeah. likes to... Uh, Likes to dabble in fishing. Can you catch fish, though? I'm, I, I'm setting yeah. you up to come fishing with you if you yes. haven't figured that out. Yes. <laughs> He's yeah. inviting your, himself to your house right now. Hey, I'm we coming tomorrow, bedroom. by the way. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, if you guys hey. need me, I'll be fishing in Oregon uh, with Will. <laughs> you're trying to get away from this cold. I see yeah, what you're doing. Uh-huh. Yeah, is Oregon the place to do that this time of year? No, it's not because it's <laughs> raining 100% of the time. In the Northwest, it does. It rains a lot. I guess Washington, Oregon, up and down that coastline, you get a lot of moisture this time Northern of year. Northern California, yeah, it just, it dumps. 
the dreary weather is, it's a real thing. But, you know, again, if you get used to it, if you enjoy the, the weather, the outdoors, it's not as big of an issue. You just have to be okay with always having a raincoat on. <laughs> there it is. So this show today and the way that we met was to talk about professional coaching, business coaching, consulting. I know that Southwestern does a variety of things in a variety of industries, but how did you get into this? So you're a graduate from Missouri. You're like most graduates flailing around. I mean, very few graduates actually know exactly where they're going the minute they get out of college. So here you are as a graduate. And how do you find Southwestern Consulting? What, what was your, your attraction to that industry? You know, it's funny. It kind of found me. And it started when I was a freshman in college. And I remember sitting around in the dorms and playing Xbox, probably not up to anything positive and had a big old, just to kind of give you the image here, I had a giant fro, <laughs> um, which was fantastic for the ladies. And my friends had actually gotten invited to an introduction for an internship. And I remember I'd, I'd, you know, I got the call and the manager at the time was like, hey, there's this internship opportunity. Would you want to come hear about it? You can make some money. There's travel. And at the time I'd signed up for a couple like classes already over the, the summer. And I'm like, no, I'm good. And, you know, I got some classes and he's like, well, why don't you come check it out? So I'm like, okay, fine. I'll go check it out. And eventually ended up dropping all my summer classes. And so the internship program is called Southwestern Advantage. And it's interesting. It started in 1855. Wow. 1855. 1855. Okay. So this is not a new program. This This is is an old, developed, proven program. Yep. It was called Southwestern because it was actually in the southwesternmost portion of the country at the time in Nashville, Mm. Tennessee. And they were taking men from the war and they were going out and they sold Bibles and they sold Bibles door to door. Mm. Bible thumpers. Nice. The Bible thumpers. Exactly. (laughs) And then eventually it started trickling into college students. 1868 was the college program. That's when it started. And they sell educational products to families. And so I got this call to go sell door-to-door 80 hours a week over the summer. And in my silly brain, I was like, that sounds like a great idea. What else (laughs) am I going to do over the summer? Get my uh, face slammed in. Ten years later, I was still working with the company. You know, I, I did it over 10 years. I worked into becoming a sales director for that company. And Southwestern Consulting was actually a sister company that branched off of it. And okay. it takes the same principles from 160 years of, of pure sales and leadership and, and management, and they take it and they turn to the world, real estate, mortgage, financial services, insurance, and it more found me in a sense. And it just was an easy path into, I'm going to be a sales coach. Very cool. Very cool. Still liking it. I can tell by the way you're talking about it and you're passionate about it and stuff. I mean, you can always see that in a guy's eyes or, or a person's eyes when they work in an industry and it either wears on you or you grow into it and you just, you, you get out of bed in the morning liking what you're doing. Mm-hmm. It's a high energy business. Mm-hmm. Is that fair Very to say? So. Yeah, Absolutely. You're, you're pushing people to be the best they can be. So you have to clearly be the best you can be to do that. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's funny you mentioned the 
<laughs> that I don't have to do door to door anymore. Yeah, yeah. That's one of my affirmations in the morning. It's like, well, hey, I don't have to do door to door. So whatever's skip. coming after yeah. me is like, that's perfect. That sounds great. Thank you, internet. Yes. yes. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Absolutely. I'm now an e-merchant. <laughs> that's good stuff. What specific discipline or area of consulting and coaching? What I can imagine, or at least what limited knowledge I have about that industry, there are people that work in specific kind of niche markets, industrial manufacturing or retail sales. There's a lot of professional coaches focus on retail sales, the real estate industry, and a carryover into the auction industry. I think it's a byproduct of the real estate industry, but there's professional coaching in that and so on. But do you focus on a specific industry? Is there one that you feel more comfortable in, more confident in than another? No. And I I love the challenge of working with somebody in a different industry. And I think part of it is our principles and kind of what we follow. So, you know, there's some great coaching programs out there that are specific to certain industries, whether it's mortgage or real estate, and they're fantastic. Our coaching is primarily focused on on sales, on motivation, and on, on systems. So any industry that you're in, it could be anything. It could be one of my favorite clients that I work with. She owns a a bridal shop and, you know, she has people that she needs to train. She needs to motivate them. She needs to teach them how to sell. And there's a lot that's, that's out there that she can learn, but at the same time, there's not a lot of coaching specifically to that industry. I've heard of life coaches Mm -hmm. and there's business coaches. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, for somebody that's not in the coaching or consulting industry, a life coach, I'm not for sure what all that entails. Mm-hmm. But a business coach, obviously, is is more about structured environment, sales strategies, meeting goals, predetermined or predefined goals on a daily or weekly basis. Did you make your calls? Did you do your mailings? Did you? Am, exactly. I, am I on track? Yep, and absolutely. Life coaching, though. Yeah. Where I, does that fit in? Yeah. Yeah. Breathe. So, if you don't breathe, you're going to die. Now <laughs> take another water. breath. Yeah. <laughs> you know. do, do stuff today. That's a, that's a good start. You know, it's interesting because I think there's so much out there. And I think coaching and consulting, it's just such a fun, hip word to say. Mm-hmm. And I think when it comes to life coaching, I, I heard this phrase today, how we do anything is how we do everything. And I think there's parts of that that are true, Right. So how we're showing up at our work, at our office, with our clients, you know, can be a reflection of how we're showing up with our kids. If we tend to, when we get stressed, you know, what is our reaction to that? That's probably similar when you're in different environments or hanging out with your friends. And so to say that that we do life coaching or business coaching or sales coaching, I think it's coaching at the core of it because, you know, if you're working on being better with your schedule within your business, well, guess where that also plays a key role? Yeah, at and home. Also, yeah. yeah, and it, it rolls into that as well. Very cool. A lot of our listeners, we have a fairly large audience that listens in the real estate industry. Mm-hmm. But let's think about sales. You know, I've, I've always been a big believer in if you're in sales, it, it doesn't make any difference if you're selling ball bearings or you're selling shoes or you're selling real estate. There are as practices and disciplines to being a good salesman Absolutely, that carry over. So one of the things I'd like to get out of this segment today is give us 
and be thinking about this. Now, I'm not going to put you on the spot, but as we converse, as we talk here, give us three, four, five just basic principles that people should, with or without a coach, things they should focus on every week or every day, being disciplined. Mm, and what I'm talking about, a guy told me one day, he said, you should make X amount of calls every week and hold yourself to that task. And if you find it's Friday at five o'clock, well, you may make some people unhappy, but to meet your goal, you've got to call 20 people, 30 people Friday, talk to them on the phone after business hours because you failed to get your job done during the week, but be disciplined in that approach. Does that make sense? Absolutely makes sense. I'd like to pull out some nuggets, if I'm not putting you too much on the spot. There are three to five things that would influence somebody's salesmanship ability. So I think with any and all of this, especially if you're in the, the real estate sector, we talk about the anatomy of a result. So how is a result broken down? And I think there's three key areas. It's your intention, right? And your intention is, is a, it's a goal. It's your vision. It's what are you reviewing daily about where you want to go want in to a year? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Your intention, then there's your state. In other words, your emotions, you know, what is your brain telling yourself about the certain situation? Are you confident? Are you not? Are you fearful? Are you excited? And then there's your action and just doing it, right? And I use the example of, let's say there's a baseball player, right? Well, the baseball player, he wants to hit it to left field. That's his intention, right? He has a state when he's standing there, you know, it's either I'm calm, cool, and collected, or I'm going to blast this ball, or I know what he's about to pitch me. So because I've, I've studied the tapes, my state is, is confident because I know mm-hmm. what's going to happen. And the action is either I swing the bat or I don't. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because if you look at the best of the best top producers, whether it's in sports, whether it's in real estate, any industry, their intentions for the most part are, are going to be the same. You know, I want to be as successful as I can be. I want to be number one. I want to do X, Y, and Z. Their actions are, for the most part, the same too. If we're talking about real estate, it's I'm going to go try to sell a home. I'm going to set a listing appointment, whatever that is. The biggest differentiator for most top producers to average producers to low producers, well, low producers is go work, right? Medium to high producers is your state. And that plays such a huge role What is your brain saying about yourself in between your ears? And what is your mentality behind that? And I think that's something that so many people fail to think about or focus on on a daily basis, right? I mean, if you think about when you wake up in the morning, what are are some of those thoughts that go through your head? Like, oh, I'm tired. Oh, I don't want to go do this. Or man, you lazy piece of whatever. I don't want to go to the gym. That's what my mind says. Yeah, it's, it's very critical of me. Yes. Yeah. I'm excited to hear what it says when you're going up the stairs, you know, whenever you get to the office. <laughs> it says, turn around. It says, I think I can. I you, think I can. I think I, I can. Think yeah. It says, you can't make it. Turn around. <laughs> <laughs> you're killing yourself. <laughs> um, so that state plays such a, a dynamic role in literally anything and everything we do. And so I think a lot of coaching comes down to what are those self-imposed limitations that we're putting on ourselves? And how does that hurt us? How does that affect us? How does that make us feel? And how does that make other people around us feel? Very cool. Too many people are focused on either being successful or unsuccessful. They don't dissect and actually analyze the product, the the, the principles or the, the activities that are going to make them successful or unsuccessful. 
the key ingredient that we always seem to retreat back to, if you're a broker and you you have real estate agents mm-hmm. and you you tend to just call them out in the herd out here of being either workaholics or lazy. Mm-hmm. You know, I said, nah, he's not doing anything because he's just lazy. Well, mm-hmm. you know, this is where I think that professional coaching can step up and take a really primary role in an organization is helping people that may not necessarily be lazy, but they're just misguided. They don't have a plan to execute on and nobody has really taken them or or shown them the strings. I was very fortunate Mm -hmm. a long time ago. um, I had a gentleman where I came from in Oklahoma that took me under his wing Mm -hmm. and I went to work for him. I got a real estate license. I was an auctioneer early on. I got into the auction business. This is the largest regional auction company in Northwest Oklahoma household name. (laughs) And I'll never forget, I talked to the guy on uh, Thursday. I had quit a job after 10 years and just kind of fumbled around. And my wife said, you need to go find something to do. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't just sit and mope around the house. Get busy. And I went to Enid and I talked with this gentleman and we came to terms on me going to work for him on a Thursday. Monday morning, my phone rang at 630 in the morning and it was him on the phone. And he, you know, was not obligated to make that kind of a phone call, but he said, what are you going to do today? And I said, well, what should I do? And he had a route plan for me. He said, I want you to go to this bank and talk with this guy and tell him you're working with our company. We've got business cards ordered for you. I want you to go then to this or this person and I want you to talk to them. Tell them you're working with our company. Make rounds. He said, don't worry about business cards in your first one. You'll have them on the next two or three trips. And mm-hmm. But he already had a plan for me to start being successful. Five years later, and I'm not, I don't consider myself to be a super salesman, but five years later, I'm able to list a large percentage of that company's business, their, their annual auctions, which is a lot of auctions. Mm-hmm. But that kind of mentorship, even at a basic, I think it was maybe even at a novice level because he was not a professional trainer. Mm-hmm. He just took an interest in somebody that had work ethic and gave him some guidance, some direction with it. I love that. I think that's fantastic. And it's interesting, Trina, I think the moral of the story here is to make sure that you have a good wife that's going to tell you to get off your lazy butt and go find a job. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that speaks volumes, especially for those agents out there that are floundering or they don't know what they should be doing. At the end of the day, one of the biggest things is that your broker cared and he cared enough about you to say, here's what you need to do in order to be successful. And I think a lot of people miss the boat on that. And we call those your IPAs, not the beer, but uh, the income producing activity. What is your income producing activity? And it's interesting because in real estate, you know, for you, your IPAs were what? You went, you were going to go to the bank, you were going to give out business cards. What were some other things that you did in order to, to move your business in the right direction? Well, it, was, it was an auction company. Okay. So there's three things that drive time sensitive sales, auction sales. Mm-hmm. 97, 8 plus percent of the, the real estate in this country is listed and sold traditionally. It's not sold at auction. Mm-hmm. So we have to focus on that much less than 5% of the total industry. What stimulates the client, the seller, to want to have an auction versus, you know, listing something traditionally? There's an old rule in the auction business of the three Ds. You know, it's something that that causes an immediate need for a sale. The three Ds are death, debt, and divorce. Mm. Because those are accelerants out there to say, well, under normal circumstances, we would list this property on the market. But this is going on. 
And we need an open public sale right now. We need market value, just as is clean sale and to get out of the property. So that was a big driver. And I immediately started focusing on those things. Landowners that may be outside of the area that are not really familiar with local market value, direct contact with them. Attorneys that handle divorce cases, that handle uh, bankruptcy cases, bankruptcy trustees, anything that had pressure on it that would create that time-oriented sale. That's where I focused my effort and time. Mm, I love that. And did you track that at all? I didn't necessarily use like a CRM tool you right. know, for, for the customer, yeah. the relationship management tool. Not to uh, put you on the spot at all, but I'm just curious. We would put those, yeah. we would put that in. Like it. We would put that into an Excel spreadsheet yeah. and then dates out to the side of when the last contact was. Because I do think it's a timing business also. Absolutely. That industry in particular, contacting people for two to three years. And then you look in the paper one day where you've gotten a little laxed and hadn't made contact and their property's listed for sale for auction, but with another company. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you call them up and just say, hey, I haven't talked to you in a while. You know, what's going on? Oh, you know, we should have thought about you. But we made the decision to sell and this other company had contacted us or wrote us a letter and we just we hired them. So it's very time sensitive on our part. It's got to be some kind of a reoccurring connection to them. And that frequency is walking the fence. Not so much that they run you off, but yet not infrequent enough that you lose the deal. And you forget. Yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to, I think one of the biggest things as far as anyone who's trying to grow their business is seeing how you want to run your business. How do you want to, what do you want to do every day? You know, what does that look like? What does your ideal week look like? And I think, especially when it comes to real estate, There's 10,000 different ways that you can run your business. And I think that's one fun part about working with individuals in real estate is that, you know, I remember one of our clients that we worked with told his coach, you know, first coaching session, first call. And he was like, you know, if if I have to make 100 cold calls a week, I'm going to starve. There's no Mm -hmm. way that I'm going to do that. They're like, okay, well, I guess if you look at your last 10 transactions, where did they come from? And, you know, he was thinking about this and he's like, well... I got some from happy hour. I know some guys <laughs> in happy hour and, you know, I was able to list their, their property and I got some from my bocce ball league and his coach was like, great. Those are your new income producing activities. Those are your critical success factors is you're joining another bocce ball league and we're tracking how many happy hours you go to on a <laughs> weekly basis. And, you just uh, made a lot of I know. I was like, wow, I like this advice already. <laughs> Man. Hey, boss, I got to go hang out at the bar because I heard on a podcast that's a way to get more leads. He said, go drink some Fireball and uh, meet all your clients. Sounds like fireball? a great idea. Are you listening? We need sponsors. Yeah. <laughs> but but all joking aside, you know, for some people, it's just spending time in your sphere and making sure you're intentional mm-hmm. about what you're doing. And so your income producing activities are going to be different for each person, but making sure that you're tracking them and making sure you're staying in front of them and making sure you're actually doing them. If you know you need to go talk to X number of people and that's what you care about tracking, great. You know, that's what coaching is all about is is finding those numbers and then actually having accountability through that. This is exactly why we wanted you on the show, Will. This is what we were hoping to start drawing out, you know, for it's just great information for anybody that's in the sales industry. It doesn't have to be real estate or auctions. We've, we've used those as examples, but anybody that's in the sales industry. Remember that in the first half of this show, IPAs. 
income producing activities. We're going to slip away here from our sponsors. And when we come back more with Will Metcher and Southwestern Consulting. Are you looking for heavy equipment but unsure where to start? Then you need to check out AuctionTime.com. Buying great equipment has never been easier than bidding online at AuctionTime.com. What are you waiting for? Online auctions are closing every Wednesday. So register and start bidding today. AuctionTime.com, the way to buy heavy equipment. Thinking about selling a real estate investment but worried about the taxes you'll have to pay? Property owners just like you have solved their tax issue with a Starker Services 1031 exchange. One call could save you a fortune in taxes. Call Starker Services today at 800-332-1031 or visit online at www.starker.com and keep the tax dollars working for you. Ever dream of owning a country estate, historic home, or lakefront property? Log on to unitedcountry.com. Would you like to retire to a home built on breathtaking acreage in the mountains? Unitedcountry.com. Ever dream of your own private hunting preserve? UnitedCountry.com. Over 30,000 farm, recreational, and lifestyle properties are just a click away, helping people find their American dream for over 90 years. We will help you find yours. Log on now to UnitedCountry.com and find your freedom. Crude oil, natural gas, coal. Buying and selling minerals is a breeze when you have the right energy professionals on your team. Mineralmarketing.com is a leading resource for America's mineral owners. Whether you're wanting to lease or sell your mineral rights, Mineral Marketing has you covered. Mineralmarketing.com, the oil and gas marketplace. And we're back inside the sale ring with Wheel Metcher, Southwestern Consulting. Wheel, so the IPAs that you just mentioned, If our listeners are paying attention, that is a huge nugget for them if they're in the sales business, in the sales industry. Let me make sure I understand. You did hypothetically 20 deals last year where you made money, right? dissecting those and figuring where and calculating where those those 20 deals came from. Where did the lead or the actual sale, how did you procure it? Where did it come from? And then focusing more time and attention on those IPAs. Mm Mm-hmm. It's going to drive business, going to drive more deals, right? Yeah. And to get even more granular here, we're going to throw out another acronym, CSF. CSF stands for Critical Success Factor. So your IPAs are, let's say we use the the bocce ball, you know, going out into to the bars guy. You need to have what your critical success factors are. What are the things that you need to be doing on a daily basis to be moving your business forward? So if we said our IPAs are door knocking, phone calls, and Facebook, right? Just Mm -hmm. three super easy examples. Well, what you need to do is know, okay, well, if I had seven deals come from Facebook, how many advertisements did I do? What's my goal for Facebook this coming year? And how many advertisements do I need to do in order to secure that, right? It's just reverse engineering our goals mm-hmm. to what we need to do in order to, to break that down on a daily basis. So you can kind of get granular specifically with your IPAs, like the bar guy. Well, how many times did you go to the bar yeah. last year to get X number of deals, yeah. right? Let's break that down. So you know, having those specific numbers is key. And as a point of clarification, because we were talking during the break, 
going to a bar, going to a cocktail hour is a great environment where people have, they're not necessarily drunk. They just, alcohol has a tendency sometimes in business to lower your inhibitions. People lower their garden and they, they talk a little bit more openly and freely. It's easier to get comfortable with them. You see a lot of deals close that way. So yeah, there's an opportunity to at least become somebody's friend to have a friendly conversation, to have kind of a non-confrontive conversation when it's in a, a very kind of sedentary or relaxing setting like that. Right. Absolutely. And and again, if it, not to just advocate drinking, right? For all of you out there, it's like jackpot. I'm going out every <laughs> night. There uh, has to be a, a reason yeah. you're going in the first place. Your personal trainer is not going to yeah. like me because I gave yeah. you this idea. <laughs> it can be anything, right? And I, I was joking about this with a client. If you have a beanie baby club that you like going to and they're like, maybe find another one in, in your town and go visit them. And it's just how many people can you get in front of and build relationships with? Whatever industry you're in, that's a huge part of it. Yeah, well, that's a great tip. That's a great nugget. Um, looking at the website while we're visiting, and there's a few things up here: coaching, consulting, speaking. Yes, sir. Um, fancy kind of yeah, from the fire. <laughs> that, that is fancy. It's a good looking website, by the yeah, way. That's pretty. That's, that's pretty new. We'll mention this again: southwesternconsulting.com. Check that out online. So explain those to me, just to make sure I fully understand coaching and mm -hmm. consulting. Yep. Separate those two. Absolutely. So coaching is one-on-one -on -one and it's with your personal coach. We have two different assessments that anybody that gets into coaching will take. And we actually use those assessments to match you with one of our about 120 coaches oh, wow. uh, across the country. So again, it's not like, hey, because I'm coming in and saying words on this podcast, I'm the best coach. I might not be. It's finding the the person that's going to be right for you and getting paired with that individual. So that's kind of the coaching piece. And it's one-on-one -on -one and it's customized specifically to that person and what they need help in. The consulting piece is more from a business owner standpoint where your traditional you know, consulting, you see shows about it and mm -hmm. they're like deep diving into everything and looking at sales scripts and looking at following your people and what does the leader do and you know, really digging into that and putting a game plan together and then providing a solution or proposal and then executing that. And part of that is regular trainings with the salespeople and, and things of, of that nature, just really digging in, doing more of a deep dive into the company than a deep dive into the individual. Does that make sense? It makes yeah, perfect yeah. sense. In the real estate and auction industry, because we, again, we have a lot of listeners that are that are in that industry. Marketing, mm -hmm. I think, falls into that bucket. But real estate and auction, listings drive that business. So being a buyer's agent or a buyer's rep is a big part of the real estate industry. But if you look at overall the total successful people that have made good livings, good quality long-term livings in the real estate industry, they've been good listers. Mm -hmm. Once you get the listings, then, uh, you know, the buyers tend to follow that and, and you pick up a lot of buyer leads. And we see people that get overwhelmed with business from time to time. They develop teams mm -hmm. and teams typically are formed from so much business and influx of business coming in during critical years where markets are moving and, and the real estate industry or the auction industry is good. They can form a team out there to help kind of offset letting some of that in inventory go because they just can't get to all of it. So they'll add people, but those typically are led by good listing agents. Mm -hmm. For good listing agents, here's the question. 
Do you normally, if you were coaching them, break down their activities by the day or by the week? I'll throw that one out to you. That's a good question. If you're setting up a plan for them. Yeah, I think it depends on the activity. If it's something that is only needed to be done once or or twice a week, then it's broken down by the week. And then if it's something that's a daily task, you know, whatever that may be for that listing agent, then it needs to be daily. So I think it's to answer your question, I think it kind of depends on what activity it is and what they're they're shooting for. And also what's your schedule, what you want your schedule to look like. And I think that's such a huge piece mm-hmm. of being successful in, in real estate comes down to what your schedule looks like. Gotcha. Cold calling. Mm. <laughs> Cold calling is, that's the usually the hot button, I guess, mm-hmm. with uh, with a lot of listing agents. Some people are really, really good at it and most people are not good at it. Is that a fair statement? That's absolutely a fair statement. Cold calling is interesting because I think for the clients that I work with personally that I coach, if they want to cold call, I'll help them. I'll help them do that. I'll help put scripts together. I mean, I did that over 45,000 times. And that being said, I think we kind of have a philosophy that cold calling is God's punishment for not asking and and doing a better job with referrals. Mm Mm-hmm and doing a better job of building your market. So if you can build your business without cold calling, fantastic. If you're new, I mean, it's it's not a bad way of getting in front of people and getting out there. And, and part of it is just doing it so it's not uncomfortable and you don't feel like you're going to stab your eyes out. Because I felt like that when I was in college. Oh, it's it's treacherous. <laughs> I was going to say forty five thousand calls you made at least. <laughs> yes. That was successful calls, right? Yeah. So <laughs> there's yeah, more right. on top of that. But I'm going to yeah. take a stab in the dark and say that the first hundred calls he made were a lot tougher than the last yeah. hundred calls yeah, he made. That's true. Absolutely. Yeah, because you're you got butterflies, rejection is mm-hmm. a very difficult thing for most individuals, and and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Learning to develop that thick skin, if you will, and letting rejection kind of slide off your back and on to the next one. You know, it's a numbers game. Yep, absolutely. That works for some industries and and playing the numbers necessarily. For example, if you're in a small town, you can't necessarily play the numbers game in real estate. because There's no numbers there. Yeah. Yeah. You're just going to frustrate people. Mm -hmm. I literally talked to you yesterday, Brian. You don't need to come knock on my door again. (laughs) Too much. Uh, Yes. Okay. Talk to you tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that's the guy that blocks your number. Right. You know, technology is evolving and that on a serious note, Mm -hmm. they do that. I have an agent downstairs that has a land listing opportunity. He had mailed out letters. Landowner showed some interest in it. He built a beautiful report that he had sent out to the client, had a follow up call with him. And the clients went dormant a couple of times, goes straight to his voicemail. And he goes, I wonder if he blocked my call. I said, well, you know, more often than not, he's probably out of town. It's right right up against a weekend, and he's a business person. Mm-hmm. But technology has made that a lot more readily available. You don't like what you're hearing on the other line. You, it's an unwanted call. Just block the caller. Yeah, yeah, or don't pick up in the first place, which is what I do. So. Yeah, yes, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. So technology's changed a lot. You know, it was interesting years ago, we talked about the guy that was kind of bringing me into the business. And this was quite a few years ago. <laughs> One of the things that he taught me, though, is the hardest part about cold calling is just is having something to talk about. The icebreaker, mm-hmm. but just something 
that that gives a purpose for the call. Why are you calling me? It better not be to provide a service. Which is probably why the bocce ball guy does so well, because he's already talking bocce ball with these guys. And, you know, Mm -hmm. absolutely. It's funny. Whenever I did door to door, I I, uh, probably looked like a giant goofball because I wore Crocs. When I was I was working, <laughs> you probably did, yeah. Yeah, but it's great. Who's gonna they're feel? Comfortable. In, yeah, they're comfy. I'm I'm on my feet all day. But the biggest piece is who's gonna feel intimidated by some by college in dude Crocs. In, in Crocs, <laughs> wearing like a pink shirt, and they're like, "Who's this crazy person? Let me see what he's gonna say," because it's probably hilarious. And so wearing again, Crocs. having having talking points, you know, they would yeah. make fun of my Crocs. I'm like, that's why I'm wearing these. They're great. And again, speaking of kind of getting over that that fear part of it is just is doing it because you never know again it is a numbers game going back to my first ever because again i i feel like i've gotten pretty good at at being able to do you know if it's cold calling whatever it is you know my first ever you want to hear my first ever uh customer yeah please so it was probably the third door i knocked on talked to one lady i like started at eight in the morning Selling kids books, right? First person that comes to the door, I the the door opens up. I didn't know what to say, and I'm like, "Uh, got kids?" <laughs> She's like, "Uh, who are you?" So and, you know, it gets even better. And then I hear, "Mom, there's some weird guy at the door." And I like said this to like this teenager, and I'm like, oh, "Listen, I don't that know what I'm happened to me into my early like 30s. People came at my door and asked if yeah. my parents were home. I'm like, get the hell away, <laughs> yeah. go away. I own this house. Go somewhere." So my <laughs> like funny. three doors later, I ended up knocking on a door. This older lady came to the door, and she looks at me, and she's like, "Southwestern." And that's the first thing that she said. And I was like thrown off. I'm like, they didn't teach me what I'm supposed to say when, when they <laughs> when say you this. you know to who me. I am. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, oh man, I, I bought these books for my kids like 20, 30, 40 years ago. And they're amazing. And my grandkids are here today. I'm that's sure you crazy. have like new books, don't you? And I was like, I, I think so. I think they've updated <laughs> I hope them. So. I haven't seen these old books. <laughs> and so she invites me in and she's like, yeah, I'll take a set. And in my brain, I was so surprised that she was a customer. I was like, so I'm, I'm supposed to say these words um, before you get something. Can I, I'm, can I practice? And she had her checkbook out, like she was ready. And she like looks at me and she's like, oh, sure, honey, go for it. And like sets the checkbook down and I like go through the whole spiel and I get to the end and she's like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm still going to buy. Like, yeah, <laughs> you didn't sure. You scare me away after all. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So yeah, that was all. That's the, a great story. That was like 20 minutes. You know, I flustered, awkward person to, you never know what you're going to find. Well, that was the eye opener for me in cold calling is just find something in common, something to talk mm-hmm. about. And if we can pair together, you know, one thing is, and I think this stands true. If people like you, if you get to the point where you've built rapport and they trust you, most people, if it's something they need, if it's within their means, they're going to do whatever you ask them to do. Mm-hmm. But they got to like you. They got to trust mm-hmm. you first. Mm-hmm. And that's getting lost on this younger generation. You know, that's one thing that we see um, a lot in sales in the industry kind of coming in uh, from the outside, the younger generation, mm-hmm. they are uh, not the conversationalist that mm-hmm. our parents and grandparents were. It's way too much time on technology. 
not enough face-to-face time. And I think that that's going to have a long-term effect on the sales industry in this country. Yeah, I agree. And it, it is shaping currently how sales are done, whether it's good or bad. And I think for any millennials, any, you know, whatever category you fall in, especially if you're trying to get better at sales, the three words that I would say, shut up and listen, because they're going to tell you what they want Mm -hmm. if you're asking good questions. And a great example, I sat down with a personal trainer a few weeks ago and I sit down and immediately he goes into this this spiel of here's all the things that we're going to provide you and we have this and this and this and this and you know we have this personal training and we're doing that and we're doing that it was 20 minutes before he even asked me a question Stopped of what to I look wanted. up at you yeah yeah mm-hmm. and like took a breath like wow you just threw up all over me mm-hmm. and that frustrates people yes right so just this idea of generationally, we're so attached to our cell phones and social media, and we've lost the art of just having a conversation and also just being able to listen to someone because we're used to instant happenings, instant, mm-hmm. you know, instant text message, instant this, instant that, that we don't listen anymore. It's all just immediate gratification. And that's, that's one thing for any and all people out there. I had to do this. I had to tell myself, because I always went like, let me fill this space with words, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is. I had to bite my tongue and count to three in my head after I asked a good question. And then after, you know, before those three seconds is up, the other person will probably fill in more information that's relevant and important to you. Mm -hmm. Because they're just like, and also this, and this, and this, and this. And you just have to sit there, right? People like you because... You're listening. You're a good listener. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And people are just like with the online and, and technology everywhere, they're just getting advertised at from every angle available. And they don't want to hear that when you're talking to them. You know, it's like, man, this is just another ad. Mm-hmm. What are you actually saying? You're you're sending me an ad right now. And so you just kind of yeah. go over here instead and yeah. don't pay attention to it just like all the rest yeah. of them. So if you make it more conversational, then... I can see how that could be beneficial to everyone involved. Yeah. Compared to, let me just throw up my 10 yeah. second mm-hmm. spiel on you. Yeah. Uh, oh, it didn't work. Let me try the next person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, ask a better question. What are you looking for? Right. Tell me about that. How does that make you feel? Like mm-hmm. dig in, actually have a conversation about them. Pretend like you're a friend of theirs and you're interested in learning about them. Man, like, have you have you been looking? Like, tell me more about that. What do yeah, you, what that do you takes like too about? long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that takes too long, man. They wanted to talk, and I was there to sell them something. So I have to talk the whole time, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. That is painful. We had some master salesmen back home that older, you know, I say older. I mean, they were probably 20 years older than I was when I started, but I would watch them go out to tough customers and spend a day. They'd spend a half a day with them riding around in a in a pickup truck, and they'd tell them stories about where their cousin got kicked in the head by a mule on this <laughs> farm, and that old barn burnt one time, and we rebuilt it. But they would come back in in the evening with a listing agreement mm-hmm. on a five hundred thousand or a million or a million and a half. Shot the breeze with somebody for an hour, and yeah, come back awesome. in with a million dollar listing, you know, on a mm-hmm. farm out there that other people had tried for and they couldn't get. And it was all about spending time and getting that mm-hmm. person to respond to them. Mm, I love that. Couldn't agree more. And it's the same today. 
I just think people have forgotten that and they, they don't actually utilize that because they think, well, I need to present the facts and features and benefits mm-hmm. instead of, well, sure, you have 10 benefits, but what if only two of them are relevant to that person? That doesn't mean like, oh, well, they're not a good customer because they only need these two benefits. Those two benefits might be really incredibly important, important to, you, to that yeah. person. And if you're not listening to what they're saying, you're not going to learn those two benefits and the other eight they're just going to tone you out because they're like, I don't care about that. Blah, that's not important. Yeah. Yeah. Will, this is exactly what we were hoping to get out of a podcast show. Would you come back sometime? Heck yeah. Yeah, we would love to have you back on a show. Tell How about uh, if we go to Portland next time? That way we'll pack up and just come <laughs> yeah. to you. Yeah. yeah. Tell, uh, tell the listeners how to get a hold of Southwestern Consulting or yourself. What's the next step for them? Because everything we heard today is exactly why you should think about a professional coach. So it's southwesternconsulting.com. We made it really challenging as far as our website goes. <laughs> My personal website is Will Metcher, SWC, like southwesternconsulting.com. And you'll get to see my ugly mug. It'll pop up on there when, when you go to the willmetrswc.com. The easiest way is to, just to be able to reach out. We do free consultations for individuals that are looking for one-on-one coaching and just learn a little bit more about their strengths and their weaknesses and you know where their faults are, what they, they need to change, what they need to be held accountable to doing. And then for sales leaders that see value in, in training specific to their company or their industry, we do complimentary workshops. And there's a tab on our website too where we'll come in and we'll do a workshop on whatever topic that they're looking to hear about. If their people need help in time management, if it's asking better questions like we were just talking about, if it's closing, whatever it is, we would customize a workshop about an hour and a half specifically to what they want to hear. And then after that, if if folks want to hear about coaching, then they have the opportunity to, to hear about it and sign up. Outstanding. Thank you for being on the show. On behalf of Trina and myself, we appreciate your time today and all of your insight. And that's it for this show. Ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate your attendance and we'll meet you next time inside the cell ring. This episode has ended, but your journey to greatness continues. To access all resources and links mentioned in today's show, head over to www.thesailring.com now. That's www.thesailring.com.